Good morning, church. I am so glad to be here with you today. And I tell you what, God's been doing some great things all weekend long. And you are not going to be left out, let me tell you. I really feel like it's kind of set the stage. Today we're talking about healing. And you may remember way back, right before Easter, we did this series, 40 Days of Prayer. And followed it up with a series on the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants to encourage each one of us to take that next step, whatever it is, to believe him for great things because he wants to do things in and through you. Isn't that good? Today we're going to talk about Jesus and this demon-possessed boy. And I've kind of pieced together uh, parts of Matthew, and they count in Matthew and also Mark. And so we'll start off in Matthew 17, verse 14. And here at Union Chapel, we stand in honor of reading God's word. So would you join me in standing as we read God's word together? Start off in verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. Can you feel the love? How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> okay, so it's, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's a little thin, and so I'm asking for some crowd participation from you guys. So if you believe that God has the power to heal, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in good company then. That's great because I believe that God has the power to heal too. And you know what? Jesus, he believes he has the power to heal too. Did you catch he had like a little bit of attitude when he was talking to this dad. He said, what do you mean if I can? Of course I can because that's who he is. That's what he does. Our God is a miracle working God. Now, most of us, we don't have a problem believing that God can do miracles. We'll believe that all day long. If your problem is like mine, and just so you know, this sermon's for me. Welcome to the party. If you're like me, you have a problem believing that God would actually use you to do a miracle. I've got the greatest excuses, just like this. I don't have enough faith. I read this passage, I don't have enough faith. Or I have this problem in my life and it disqualifies me from doing this kind of thing. Or if there's someone can find a way to mess it up, I will find a way to mess it up. And then we have these fears at some level as well, don't we? Like a little surface fear is that, well, if I pray for this and it doesn't happen, you know, I might look bad or... Or a deeper fear is this, if we pray for something to happen and it doesn't happen, what if that person who needs that prayer, what if 
they don't get that answer and they turn away from God or they never believe in Jesus because of it. And that fear can hold us back. But God wants to take your mustard seed faith. He wants to take your mustard seed prayer and turn it into healing. He wants to take your mustard seed belief and turn it into strength and courage and hope. Because get this church, God's power is much greater than your weakness. Now, when you look at that, that's like the understatement of the century, isn't it? Because we serve a big God who does big things. He's the creator of the universe. And our failures, no matter how big they are, they pale in comparison to the power of Jesus. The apostle Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. He was one of the most significant figures in Christianity outside of Jesus. He wrote these words. He said, God's power is perfected in our weakness. Here's how that works. See, the weaker you are, the more you have to rely on Jesus. The less ability you have, the more glory you give to God. And if you think your shortcomings can short circuit the God of the universe, then you have a grossly over-exaggerated view of yourself. Really. There's only one thing about you and me that can stop the healing work of God. One thing. It's this to not ask. Because when God sends healing, he sends healing through people. Yes, people like you, people like me, people like the disciples, people who don't have everything together. That's who God sends healing through. But I have to talk about the elephant in the room. What if we ask for a miracle and it doesn't happen? And if you've been walking with people long enough, if you've been praying long enough, You've come to one of these moments when you're praying for something that you really believe is going to happen. And it's not something little. It's something big. It could even be something catastrophic. And then when God doesn't answer our prayer the way he prays, it's more than disappointing. It's hurtful. And we can walk away from those moments believing that either that God is not real, that he doesn't care, or that he's not good. And nothing could be further from the truth. Because even when God doesn't answer our prayers, he is still at work. I'd like to share some stories with you today. And the first one is about the Lawrence family. This is about a miracle that God didn't necessarily do for us. This is Jacob and Christy, Millie's the little girl, and the little baby boy's Charlie. And if you look, you'll see that sonogram picture. There's two twins there. That's Charlie and his twin brother, Max. And if you were here Mother's Day at 10 a.m., you'll remember that we dedicated Charlie to Jesus. And we also honored Max because Max beat the rest of the family to heaven. I'd like to tell you a little, a little bit about that. These are some things that Christy and Jacob shared with me. It was exactly a year ago this Saturday that we found out we were having twins. As a nurse, I was overwhelmed with the potential problems that might come from this pregnancy. We did have problems along the way, but we thought we were in the clear, along with our doctors, once we crossed 24 weeks. And that's when the real problem started. Both of our sons were facing serious challenges, and doctors had performed an unusual and risky surgery to save their lives from twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome. Despite the fact that the surgery went better than the doctors could have ever expected, Max's heart stopped beating Wednesday October 4th. And then both boys were born November 19th. Needless to say, 
me and my family were absolutely devastated. But in the midst of that, people were so supportive and understanding, and this has tested our strength like nothing else. Despite all of this, I've never felt so close to God. I've never had to lean on him so much. I've talked to other people who've gone through similar things. How do people who don't know Jesus do this? Because we are going to see Max again. I know something is coming of this, and I am talking about it with other people. I know God is using me to help others. It still hurts. I still cry. We still miss Max. But God is using this for his glory. All of the physical problems that Charlie has, he's got a little club foot and some gastrointestinal issues, they are minor compared to what should have been because he shouldn't be here. I'm not a public person. It's taken a lot for me to share this. So many other people are hurting and they need hope. And it's really important to allow God to use this to help others because Max did not die in vain. And my friends, God is using this. Can't you sense the healing and the peace of God flowing even as I share that story? Because what a lot of us realize is that there are, there are parents and grandparents in the room and they're carrying around Max-like grief. And this message is for you that God is there to heal you. He is there to strengthen you, to encourage you, to make you whole and to help you. Because we serve a God who does big things. God is bigger than your sickness. He's bigger than your pain. And if that's not enough, God is bigger than any disappointment. And we have to understand this thing about prayer. Is that when we pray, God's power is always released. You know, if you're taking notes, I want you to write that always in all caps. Maybe you're one of these people, you're organized and, and you've got your highlighter. Pull out that highlighter and color that thing neon yellow because every time we pray, God moves. Jesus never wastes a prayer. And the miracle should never be the primary focus of our prayer. Our focus is Jesus because when Jesus shows up, things get better. Yes, Sometimes bodies get stronger. Sometimes depression is removed. Sometimes addiction is wiped away. And sometimes sickness is eradicated. And sometimes you receive more strength to endure. Sometimes you receive courage and hope in the midst of challenges. And sometimes God even brings salvation in the midst of it. Years ago, I visited a guy, we all called him Big Mike. Big Mike was in the hospital, and he did not attend church at Union Chapel. But his wife and his daughter did. And he lived a rough life, and had nobody messed with Big Mike. Every time I went to see him, he had, you know, something crazy on the TV. This was at the hospital, you know, Jerry Springer blaring, you know, turned up to 158 volume. And, you know, whenever I talked to him, little expletives might fly every now and then. And, and when we met, he kind of teased me and I threw it right back at him. And we laughed and we hit it off. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. I said, Jesus, heal Big Mike. Restore his body. In the midst of our conversation and our relationship over the weeks that I had visited him, Big Mike ended up giving his life to Jesus. And this tough guy looked at me with tears in his eyes and said, Glenn, what if I had never gotten sick? 
What if we had never met? What if I had never gone to heaven when I die? And I did. I prayed for Big Mike to get healed. But you know what? God had something bigger in mind. Because Big Mike, he's in heaven right now. And when I did his funeral, it was full. I mean, the room was packed with guys who would never say two words to a pastor or a Christian. And I didn't have to say much because Big Mike, he did. His life spoke volumes. So healing, I want you to get this. Healing is a process that involves us. And if you have a hard time believing that healing would involve you, you can just, instead of me, you can write your name in the blank. <laughs> just write your name in there because God wants to use you in the process of healing. And Jesus wants us to not give up when we pray. In fact, he told this parable about this unjust judge. He didn't love God, didn't care about people. And this unjust judge was telling people what was going on. Even though I don't love God and don't care about people, I'm going to grant this widow's request because she keeps coming to me day after day after day. Now, the point of the parable isn't that God's like an unjust judge and you have to keep begging him because God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. He knows your limitations. He knows your gifts. He knows everything about you and he cherishes everything about you. He is with you. And so we can come to him. And so we shouldn't give up. There's this saying that's been rolling around. It's, it kind of came out of you know, basketball players going straight from college, you know, one year there and then into the NBA, kind of one and done. And there's some medication out there and they've kind of taken this and making a commercial about it. I think it's hilarious. And the whole commercial is one and done. So it's like one crunch. Oh, I've got a six pack, you know. One piece of broccoli. Now I'm filled with antioxidants, you know. One step of a five-mile jog and I'm in complete cardiovascular health. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Okay, okay, I'm getting off track here. But sometimes we treat prayer one and done, don't we? We pray, we pray with faith, we pray with courage, and we say amen. And when that prayer hasn't happened, right then, right there, we go, oh, man. When actually Jesus is beckoning us to come on a journey with him, to bring healing to ourselves and to other people through this whole process of healing. And so healing often takes time. There's another story of a family from our church. This is Amanda Kirby. I want you to see these pictures of her. This is her during treatment. During the summer of 2011, Amanda had been complaining of headaches whenever she exercised. Going to see the doctor, they ordered an MRI just in case. And they were shocked to find that there is a brain tumor in the fourth ventricle of Amanda's brain. And this tumor was traveling towards her spine. And so they went on breakneck speed to get her ready for surgery. They, they couldn't remove all of this tumor out of the back of her brain. After surgery, Amanda lost the ability to speak. She could not sit. She could not stand. She could not walk. It took two people to get this little girl anywhere. And she had problems with her vision, her coordination, and her emotion just completely flat. And, of course, her kidney system wasn't working right either. And shortly afterwards, doctors told Brent and Rosemary that their little girl had about a 30% chance of survival. And they both work in the medical field, and they had a clue what was going on. Amanda had nine months of chemo, 32 radiation treatments under anesthesia, been in and out of Riley too many times, 
to keep track of. She had infections, fever, and shingles, and who knows what else. Look at what God has done. (laughs) This is Amanda today. Yeah, yeah, that deserves praise. God deserves praise for this. She looks so pretty in her purple dress. That is at Delta's prom just a couple weeks ago. (laughs) And there she is volunteering at the Ball State Orchid Greenhouse. God is so good. Amanda, she can still use your prayers. She's doing wonderful. She is. But when you go through stuff like this, it has an effect. And so you can keep praying for her. And you can keep praying for Charlie, too. But you see, this process took months of prayer. Many, many doctor visits. Many, many challenges. And I know that hundreds of people, and many of you and me, we walked with Amanda and the Kirby's through this process. And you were a part of her healing. And I want you to know that God is our miracle-working God. He shows up when we pray, and all it takes is mustard seed faith. If you're filling in blanks, just write the word mustard seed down right there. And this whole concept of faith in prayer can be challenging sometimes. I guarantee you it was challenging for the disciples. And I'm betting when they prayed for this little guy and that demon didn't come out and he wasn't healed, I bet they used the same words they had prayed before. And maybe when it didn't happen, they even prayed with greater passion. But all we need is a mustard seed. I said, what was the disciples' problem? And I'm no theologian, I'm no expert, but here's my best guess. I think the disciples had misplaced their faith. They had their faith in a miracle rather than in the miracle giver. Because when you put your faith in the miracle giver, anything is possible and you're letting him move how he sees fit. You're involving yourself in the work of God rather than telling God what he is going to do. And I think they may have had a pride problem that kind of distracted them from this. And now you and I, we don't have pride problems when it comes to healing miracles. Because last I checked, you know, none of us are walking around healing people and casting out demons. You know, so much that we get a little cocky. That's not our problem. We have the opposite problem. But no matter what our issue is, if the healing itself is the focus, then your focus is too small. Because when we pray, we are coming to the God of the universe. He's bigger than your problem, your pain, your disappointment, and also this. He's bigger than the miracle, too. Jesus said all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. Look at that mustard seed. It's tiny. It's little. And I've grown up in church, and so I've heard this analogy my whole life. And just to be honest, I've always wondered what does it mean for someone to have mustard seed faith? Because I get that it's little, but it must just be a little bit more faith than whatever I have. (laughs) And when you boil it down, I think mustard seed faith is this. It's the faith to ask, the faith to give it to Jesus. I get that it's little, but that's okay. Because you know who had mustard seed faith in this? This little boy's daddy. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Now that's a prayer I can pray. That's a faith that I can identify with. Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. And so here's what we do and we're doing that. We're saying, Holy Spirit, you come, you do your thing. We give this to you. Make what is broken whole. Make what is sick well and bring glory to God. 
I must confess that sometimes in moments like this, I can be a complete ignoramus before God when it comes to faith. Sometimes I get things messed up. And one of those moments was this. I'd like to introduce you to the Grigsby family. You can see them on the left-hand side. Uh, Nikki and one of our daughters there recently baptized this year. They've been a part of our church for a while. And uh, the other picture, there's Nikki in the middle and June Geringer is on the left-hand side. And one time in March of 2012, June was visiting Nikki and something catastrophic happened. And she ended up in the hospital. And she wouldn't wake up. And the doctors came in and told the family that the bottom half of her lungs were completely gone. They said, June is not going to be waking up. She's not going to make it out of the hospital. It's time to make final arrangements. And this was because the machines had been keeping her alive for a couple days. And Nikki's dad couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. And so Nikki called me and asked me to help them in the midst of that. And I've done that kind of thing before. And it's an honor to help families take that step and trust Jesus in the midst of it. And so my faith was for them to let June, let her go. And, but it took me about two seconds to realize that the dad wasn't, he wasn't ready for that. And so I prayed a simple prayer. I said, Jesus, would you just take this out of our hands? Either take June home to be with you or completely make her whole. In Jesus' name, amen. And we felt God's peace in his presence. And I hadn't heard anything. It had been a couple days. And so I called the hospital and uh, they said, oh, yes, yes, uh, June Geringer is still in. She's on the fourth floor. If you hang around the hospital much, you realize that the fourth floor is the rehab floor and you don't qualify unless you can do three hours of rehab. I was like, whoa, that's right. And so after I picked my phone up off the floor, I said, what room is she in? And June was sitting there, no oxygen. This is someone who just came back from the dead from COPD, no IV. She just finished her lunch and was telling me about what God did in her life. What an amazing thing. Because it's not about how much faith you have. It's about your Savior. It's about Jesus. Because mustard seed faith is giving it to Jesus. Because healing, it's not about removing a sickness or getting rid of an emotional pain. Healing is about the glory of God. It's about our risen Savior. It's not about you, your faith in the miracle. It's about Jesus Christ. Think about it this way. Any physical healing that you or I or a loved one receives is temporary because we are all going to die. That's not being morbid. That's just the truth. We're all going to die, which is why I love June's story because it continues. In 2016, a few years later, June's lungs started to fail again. And once again, she was being kept alive by breathing machines and medication. And then Two days before she passed, she was adamant. She said, this is God's will. I know it's my time and I know that I'm going to heaven and this is a good thing. And a couple days later, Nikki was with her sister and she wrote these words to me. She said, the day of June's passing, I was holding her hand and reading the Bible to her. And then she woke up for about 30 seconds 
and stared at me. And I felt the presence of God in the room. And then she passed a few minutes later. I believe that God gave me that moment in memory with her. God is so good. June went home to be with Jesus in May of 2016. And then Nikki wrote these words. She said, what a mighty God we serve. Because that's the truth, friends. That's the right perspective. We can't expect this world to be like heaven. And we have a hope that is bigger than sickness. It's bigger than any problem. And it's bigger than death. And I've got news for you. Everybody needs to be healed. Every single one of you, I don't care how buff you are. I don't care how good you feel. Your body is hopelessly broken compared to what God has in store for you. And I don't care how at peace you are, how much joy you have. God has so much more to pour into your spirit, so much more freedom to give you. What an awesome thing. Here's something that we, we always talk about, how our bodies are made whole when we're in heaven. And that's awesome. That's wonderful. But not only are our bodies made whole, our emotions, our relationships, our hearts are made whole. That means all the messy stuff that happened to you from your parents or family or people that you trusted, all that is wiped away by the glory of God. That's good news. That's really good news. Because one day, one day, like no other, healing is going to flow down from the heavens like a mighty rushing river. And the perishable is going to put on imperishable. The mortal is going to put on immortality. In Revelation 21, the prophet John writes, it says that Jesus will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And what a wonderful picture that is. Can't you imagine Jesus with his arm around you, just wiping your tears? He's got his holy hanky out, just wiping your tears. Now, I've had an incorrect picture of that scripture until last week. I looked up the word wipe out, and it does mean comfort. But it's actually a military word. Because it can also be translated completely overcome, completely obliterate. And so not only is Jesus wiping our tears... He's drawing his sword and smashing into nothing the things that have caused you and me pain in our lives because every heart will be filled with the glory of Jesus Christ. Every pain will be wiped away into nothingness because our faith is not based on what God does when we pray. Our faith is based on who God is. We base our faith on a savior that rose from the dead because God sent his son who shed his blood, who bought our sin. And when God sent Jesus, his main purpose was to fill us with his love and to draw us to him, not necessarily to heal our bodies. And so when we pray, we can pray with every bit of faith that we have. You can say, I believe God can, I believe God will, but even if God doesn't answer my prayer the way I pray it, I still believe because our faith is in Jesus, not in a miracle. Because when we pray, God moves. I want to invite the worship team to come up. I want to share a story from college, you know, back in the dark ages when we traveled by horse and buggy. We're on a mission trip to Juarez, Mexico, and I was really excited because our team and our leaders were talking about how they sensed that God wanted to move in signs and wonders. I'd never seen a miracle. And, and then we were, we were in downtown Juarez, and there's this large area, and Pastor Danielle, he was preaching, and man, it was good. I didn't know what he was saying, but man, it was so good. And I just sensed God's power, people coming, 
And then he prayed at the end, and I felt God's power move, and then I thought, now it's going to happen. Well, Danielle and my college pastor, Jimmy, they kind of backed up a little bit, and our leaders sent us out to pray for people to be healed. And being the man of faith and courage that I am, I froze. It's like, oh, no. What am I going to do? No way. I want to see what happens, but I don't, I'm not qualified for this. I went through all of my excuses. And lo and behold, God sent this man and his wife to me. I don't know Spanish. He didn't know English. And so I figured out that his arms weren't working right. And because his arms were in such pain, he couldn't work. And because he couldn't work, he couldn't feed his family. He needed a miracle right then and right now. And he took one look into my eyes and he saw terror. And I tried to explain to him that I, I, we need to get somebody else. We, we need to find somebody. Let me help you find somebody else. And he said two words to me that I will never forget. He said, TNFA. And because I'm not very good at Spanish, I thought he was talking about himself. I thought, okay, buddy, if you've got the faith, let's pray, because I know I do. Put my hands on him and prayed for his shoulders to be healed. And when we said amen, he lifted his hands above his head and started shaking his fists and grabbed and hugged his wife and swung her around. Glory to God. No one was more surprised than I was. That's okay, because we're giving it to Jesus. And I want you to know that those words, TNFA, are prophetic. Because if you know Spanish, you know he wasn't talking about himself. He was speaking to me. He said, you, sir, have the faith. And those words are true for you right here, right now. You have the faith because Jesus is in you. If you have the faith to ask, then he will give you the power to heal. Because he is a God. He's been doing things all weekend. And he's going to do something right here, right now. And even bigger than that, he is going to draw you into the process of bringing healing to others. Now, the greatest healing we could ever receive of all is forgiveness, isn't it? And maybe you've decided it's time for you to ask Jesus into your life. Now, church, how many miracles have we missed just because we didn't ask? No more, no more. Because the Holy Spirit makes broken bodies whole. The Holy Spirit restores souls. Don't let your pride stop what God wants to do in your life. And so I want to invite you right now to raise your hand or stand up if you need healing. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to call out your name or anything. But if you need healing, I want you to raise your hand and stand up. There we go. There's our first one. Come on, right now. Stand up. Stand up. Raise your hand if you can't stand, church. Maybe there's somebody else that you know who's not here and you want to stand for them. You can stand for them and raise your hand right now. Don't let pride, there's another hand back there. Don't let pride keep you from receiving the healing of God. Now, church, I'm going to ask you to do something that's a little odd. I'm throwing you under the bus. Welcome, welcome to Juarez, Mexico. For those of you who aren't standing right now, I want to ask you to put your hand on someone, to come up and just put your hand on their back to pray for them. And we're going to pray in a minute. And I want you, after, we, after I finish praying, I want you to continue praying for them. And I want you to get their name and ask how you can be praying for them. Because God's going to move. God's going to send healing. God's going to send strength. So church, let's pray. Lord, we come before you. We lift these things to you. And we ask for your healing power 
to be released from heaven right now. We pray for hearts that are broken by abuse and addiction and pain to be restored in Jesus' name. We ask that cancer and diseases of all types, that they would be wiped out by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray for pain and suffering in backs and joints to be wiped out. Come, power of God. Come, healing of God. And Lord, we thank you that right now we can come before you and we can confess our sins before you and realize that we need you. We need a savior and we receive your salvation right now, Jesus, the greatest healing of all. And so Lord, touch my friends. Let your healing flow. Let the sight come back. Let hearing be restored. Be loosed, Holy Spirit. Come, power of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.